For years, I have been saying, and I know some of you have as well, that I am tired of church as usual. There's even a song by Tamala Mann where she exclaims that she's all churched out, hurt and abused. She can't fake it anymore. She doesn't know what's left to do. Shalom, everyone. Good morning and praise the Lord. This is Angel coming to you with the first episode of the No More Church podcast. If you find yourself in this category, if you're tired of the faking, if you're tired of the same thing month after month, Sunday after Sunday, year after year, if you're tired of the hurt and abuse, if you're tired of the ritualistic of the program that we have set up in our lives, then this is the message for you. The Lord wants to shake up the very foundation of the fallacies and the strongholds that the enemy has set up in our lives. He wants to break us of our traditions and establish in his life the freedom to go forth and do his will. What does that mean, church as usual? I get up early Sunday morning after having worked all week and ran errands all day Saturday to get ready for church early Sunday morning. Can't be late for Sunday school because if we are, then we don't love the Lord. I pick out one of my Sunday outfits, complete with a nice pair of heels and one of my Sunday hats. I make sure every hair is in place and pray that my pantyhose don't develop a run on the way to church. My family and I scurry frantically to pile into the car and make our way to the house of God on time, only to start the day-long ritual of church. From the Sunday school lesson to the break, to the opening songs, opening prayer, opening scripture, it's the same thing everywhere. Praise and testimony service. We sing. We testify, maybe. The mini choir, also known as the praise team, performs a set amount of songs while the organist, pianist, and the drummer play the precise keys, notes, and percussion that apparently lets us know that the presence of God has arrived. However, he can't stay too long because we have to move on with the service. Apparently, God only has supervised visitation rights with his children. And then we come to the most important part of the service. No, not the preaching, although that's what we often claim. I'm speaking of offering time. Offering time is not the time they use the restroom. Not quite sure when you're expected to do that during the hour, three, three hour long service. It is time for you to give of your income to the house of God and also to the man or woman of God for the hour. If you don't give, then you don't love the Lord. This offering is an addition to the tithes. Then a large choir sings two selections, a fast one to make you shout, and a slow one to pave the way for the entrance of the preacher. The preacher. If you're not sure what to do, when to stand to your feet or clap your hands, don't worry. The preacher will tell you or the organist will prompt you. The preacher will tell you repeatedly to turn to your neighbor, grab your neighbor, hug your neighbor, shake your neighbor, and a number of other things while repeating to the said neighbor exactly what the preacher just said. In addition, just listen for the ever-climbing scale of notes, specifically the A-flat from the organist to know when to get excited. Feel, creative to be, feel free to be creative at this point. Jump to your feet, clap your hands, shout amen, but know that when you hear the A-flat, and a continual tune of sorts, this is the time for shouting or dancing, not like in the club. 
after the preaching, which normally encompasses at least 30 to 45 minutes of service, the altar call is made. And people hope that no one needs prayer today because they are ready to take their shoes off and get something to eat before evening service. No one? Okay. May the Lord watch in Jesus' name. Amen. Sound familiar? I'm sure each church varies, but you get the picture. Hearing it like that, does it sound kind of off? I mean, we're talking about the Almighty, the God of glory, the Holy One, Adonai, the creator of the universe. And that's what our service to him looks like. And we do this Sunday after Sunday after Sunday with Bible class on Tuesday and maybe another service later in the week, week after week, month after month, year after year. Not to mention the special services, pastor's anniversaries, church anniversaries, choir anniversaries, youth day, usher celebration, first lady's birthday service, building fund service, missionary service, and the list goes on. I mean, aren't you tired of the ritual? Aren't you tired of the same thing all the time with no nothing happening? I mean, no wonder God says in Isaiah, bring no more vain oblations, the calling of assemblies I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting, your new moons and your pointed feasts, my soul hateth, they are a trouble to me. He says, I am weary to bear them. That's our way of saying, I'm sick and tired of it, y'all. This ritual is not right. And for a while, I couldn't figure out why. Maybe if we change the order of service, maybe if we change the praise team, maybe if we had a different preacher, maybe if we had services earlier or later, Maybe, 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 but none of these things changed it. None of these things brought any deliverance. Why? Because it's more than what we do in the building. With humbleness and under the unction of the Holy Ghost, I challenge you all to reevaluate the state of the church today. We have confined ourselves to four walls and a roof and called this the church. It's more than what we do in the building. It's the building itself. And before you get excited, think about what I'm saying. Where in the New Testament does Jesus, which is also Yeshua, because in Hebrew there aren't any J's, his name is Yeshua. Where does he command us to build a building? Rather, in Acts 7, it says, and mind you, Hebrew was the original language the Bible was written in. Had to just put that in there. But in Acts 7, it says, how be it the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands. It says, the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands. As saith the prophet, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? The buildings we build are not the houses of God. Do we realize that? We say it, but do we follow it? I mean, think about it. We're talking about the omniscient, omnipresent. Everywhere at the same time, all powerful, all knowing, one and true, most high Lord of all creation. And he never once said, I need you to build me a building. I need you to build me a great cathedral. I need you to build me a house where all you can come together and be in that building. He never said it. We say all the time, this is not the house of God. This is not the church. You're the church. But we don't follow it. No, the whole system is upside down. First, we ignore the fact that God has set in the church a five-fold ministry. It says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. 
Ephesians 4 and 11. Not everyone has a pastor. Some have an evangelist that ministers to them, that preaches the gospel. Some are ministered to and guided by prophets. Some had apostles back when they were here on earth. And yes, some have pastors and teachers. Second, we have enclosed ourselves in these buildings and allowed them to take the enemy to take over. Everyone is now under the pastor. This is not the will of God. Where does it say in the Bible that one part of the fivefold is over the rest? Other than the fact that the apostles are the foundation, where does it say that the pastor is over the teacher and the evangelist? And other than some form of self-worship, do we even truly recognize prophets or prophetesses? Why are we standing behind a podium that was never ordained of God in a building he did not tell us to build and preach to those who are supposed to be already saved? We're so busy, concerned with what happens in the building that the dying souls on the outside are being ignored. These church anniversaries, pastor's anniversaries, choir anniversaries, plays and special services, birthdays, building funds, concerts and the like that we set up for the people that we know that doesn't reach anyone. These services are not ordained of God. It is self worship this is why there are schisms in the body we have allowed the enemy to entrap us in a never-ending cycle of preaching to each other and ignoring the homeless ignoring the sick ignoring the hurting ignoring the dying ignoring ignoring the enslaved do you not know that churches collected over 114 billion dollars in 2014 alone and for what to keep the lights on, for new carpet, for building repairs, that's insane. Do you know how much it costs to solve world hunger? $30 billion, according to the Red Cross. And I mean solve world hunger, giving every person the ability to survive and feed themselves on a continual basis. How are we helping the drug addict, the alcoholic, those who are enslaved, those who are entrapped in human trafficking? What are we doing to free them? Now, am I saying that we shouldn't gather? No. Obviously, the Lord says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. But the Lord never commanded us to build a building. We have relegated ourselves to those four walls and ignoring the sick and the dying on the outside. The early church did not have a building, but rather... It says they went from house to house daily breaking bread. It was never time for church. They were the church. Their very lives were living epistles. And we wonder why they had the power to heal the sick and to raise the dead. Because it was a part of their lives every day. And it wasn't a ritual. They came together as a family, as the true body of Christ, eating and Speaking over the wonders of the Lord. Their very homes were sanctified. They did as the Lord Jesus commanded and went out into the highways and hedges to compel men to come to salvation. They weren't stuck behind those walls, but rather were preaching the gospel to the lost, not standing behind a podium with some notes. This current church system was set up by the devil through the rise of the Catholic Church, not by those of the truth, not by those who are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. 
secular influence and ritualistic programs came into existence with denominations. And denominations started when the building came into existence. We set ourselves in these buildings and we shut the Lord out. Why do you think he says in the last day to the church of Laodicea, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Some of you might say, Oh, well, I had a good time in church last Sunday. Yes, but when is the last time someone truly got saved? The Lord says that the spirit of error has gone out. And it is moving from person to person in those buildings, causing them to think that the Lord is in there, that he is moving upon you. When in fact, it is the spirit of error. He said in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That means he's on the outside, not on the inside. And why is he knocking? Because we shut ourselves in the building. These buildings, these buildings just cause greed, division, pride, selfishness, and self false doctrine to abound. Thank you for listening today. And I truly pray that the Holy Ghost, that the God of glory moves upon you to hear what he is calling his body of believers to. Let him that has an ear hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. God bless and until next time. Shalom.